Rumors are starting to pick up about Apple's fall product releases, and it could be a full slate. We're talking about what we could see with the new iPhone, Apple Watch, and Macs in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Stick around. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. So we're in the middle of July. Uh, WWDC came and went. But now it's time to get the uh, rumors going for the fall Apple announcements. We've been hearing stuff about the M3 coming to the Mac and a new Apple Watch Ultra. But first, we should probably talk about the product that's most associated with the fall, and that's the iPhone. Everybody cares. I mean, that's the, the, the one thing. I mean, we just got a $3,500 headset. And like no one cares about it anymore. <laughs> like it's like all nice. well, it's so far away. Yeah, right? it's not out. And there's yet, nothing. And there's nothing. And there's just nothing new about it. Like right, right. I get it. It's going to be interesting once they start having those sessions with developers where they can come in and like test their stuff on it, and then developers will be able to say stuff about what it's like to use or develop or anything. It's just like they they let everybody try it, and then it went away. <laughs> So so what are we going to say? So the latest rumors suggest that the iPhone 15 Pro will have smaller bezels, feature stacked battery technology, and it'll come in pink. Uh, well, it's not clear whether that's the Pro or the, the regular model. For the pink? Could be. Yeah, the pink might be the iPhone 15. You know how they have like six or seven different colors? Like that, that might be part of that. The pro, we've heard blue, we've heard red, we've heard orange. Like, there's so many different colors that are floating around out there. We're not really sure. Everyone puts it in a case anyway, so who cares? It's going to be like Starlight Midnight and yeah, right. a color. Right. And, and the and product red. Oh, no, no. The pro doesn't come in red. That's right. I always try and get the new color because, you know, we take pictures of it for our content. I'm one of those crazy people who doesn't use a case. And, yeah, I buy whatever... Like, whatever it is, I'll get. Like, I don't really pay attention to what is coming out, nor do I really have a preference. I have the, what was this one, graphite or something like that, what they call it? So, space black, that's what it was. I can I can use a pink phone. <laughs> they should have they, they, they should have done a tie-in with, with, with Barbie if it's actually coming out in pink, though. They, they're going to yeah. be like two months late. Maybe it'll be a video on demand uh, tie-in. <laughs> yeah, they could have done a Barbie pink and then like yeah. an, Opp an Oppenheimer atomic <laughs> Yellow I'd, or I'd buy that like too, that. sure. <laughs> so the stacked battery technology, I'm kind of interested in. Can either of you, one of you guys, explain what the stacked technology is? Almost every rechargeable lithium-ion style battery, they all have different battery chemistries and stuff, but they all have the same what they basically call like a jelly roll. It's it's the the anode and cathode are layered on top of each other. And rolled up. And if you look at inside most large batteries, there are a bunch of round rolled up cells. That's like if you tore apart an electric car or, and the, the cells that are inside, if you take the outside off of a double A battery or anything, you get these little round cells and they're rolled up inside. And then what's inside a phone is basically that, but squished flat. So it's like a rolled up, it's one rolled up, like a Swiss roll of cathode and anode rolled up and squished flat. And stacked batteries 
just mean they're not doing that. It's they they actually just layer up anode cathode, anode cathode, anode cathode. And people are making too big a deal about it for phone batteries because those little thin pouch batteries that you have in a phone, the benefit of the stacked thing is you don't get kind of empty space in the corners. You get more efficient and and full utilization of the entire space inside the battery pack. The corners aren't are kind of empty because the your stack of anodes and cathodes just like are layered even. At, at that thin of a thing, it's just not that much space. It's it's like like eight percent or something. Like maybe if that. Uh, the other possible benefit is because you're stacking anodes and cathodes, you don't have one. Normally, like you've got one connector at the start of the roll and another connector at the end of it, and then it's all rolled up, and that makes a long path of travel for the electrons. And by stacking them, you can have a short path and you can potentially deliver more power. Not mean hold more capacity, mean higher voltages out of the battery. You know, you could essentially- Is that kind of like how like the unified memory works versus the traditional memory that is closer to the chip so it gets it quicker, metaphorically? It's not necessarily about being closer. It's just about like less, it's kind of like a sh- uh, less resistance- so, but it can also generate more heat. So it's a matter of how do you cool these things and stuff. At the end of the day, what it means for consumers is your battery might have a little more capacity, and, and we're talking like eight or ten percent or something like that. And possibly, and this is a big question mark, possibly because so many things cause battery degradation. But like, it might not degrade as fast over time because you're not pushing it the amount of power that the chips need that the, that the rest of this that it needs to deliver is less of its maximum if it could deliver higher maximum power it's only ever delivering 50% of its potential voltage output not 80% or something so it doesn't degrade as fast that's a bunch of ifs that's a bunch of stuff we don't know so much comes down to things like battery chemistry and cooling and yada you know all these other things so basically all the previous reports of they're expected to have slightly larger batteries and maybe that will mean a longer battery life there's it, it could be that slightly larger battery is also met with slightly higher power use from the chips and everything and the screen and the wireless radios and all the other stuff maybe longer battery life like another hour which would be great. That's the feature everybody wants. No matter how long the battery life is, everybody goes like, well, I wish the battery lasted longer. And that would be yep. great. No matter what. It's no matter what phone it is. It's always that's always a thing. If it's 20 hours, you want 25. If it's 25, you want 35. Yep. iPhones have fantastic battery life now, but still, two years later, it's not as long as it was. So there's always room for it to be more than you need and longer and better. They don't even divulge. The capacities. Capacities of their batteries. Those are only found like later when people start tearing open phones and stuff. They just give their their own kind of nebulous ratings, 20 hours of talk time and 24 hours of it's Wi-Fi. So if anything, it's going to be that. And if they're really proud, if they're really ahead of the game with this and they're proud of it, they might throw away a, have a throwaway line about like new battery technology makes this the longest lasting iPhone ever or something like that. It's it's the kind of technical minutia that they just don't get into. And honestly, consumers won't care about. Like you just it's inside your phone, you can't open it. It's that's like don't worry about it. But they could get there as far as just having longer battery life. Like Apple doesn't spend 
the most money getting the highest capacity battery that will fit in the phone. Like you can, uh, in fact, it's pretty small compared to Android phones. All of them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those Android phones have physically larger batteries, but even at the size of the battery that's in there, it could have more capacity if they spent more on a more premium, higher, like like better battery chemistry, higher capacity. It's it's all it's all about what they want to spend and and all that stuff. So, and they have to make seventy million of them a quarter. So you know, there's that too. <laughs> There have also been reports of smaller bezels, an Android leaker who goes by the name of, is it Ice Universe? All right, so he's a Samsung leaker and also kind of a Samsung, like, detractor. Like, he's always kind of putting them down and saying that, you know, this is what they should be doing. Apple's doing it better or Xiaomi's doing it better or someone. So he, he tweeted over the weekend. I don't know where he got it from. Maybe directly from someone who knows. But it was a picture of the front glass and the screen protector for the iPhone 15 reportedly. It's, it looks legit. You know, the bezels were extremely thin. Uh, he's, he's always banging on about the uniformity of Apple's bezels, which they've had since the iPhone 10. I mean, that's, that's their thing. Um, Samsung, it's always a little bit thicker on the bottom. Google, same thing, a little thicker on the bottom, not quite uniform. And, you know, it's most people don't care. Some people do. But in this, in this image, they were, you know, the, the bezels were like maybe two millimeters, maybe less. They were very thin. We'll see what that looks like when the phone gets built. It's always not quite, you know, you look at different parts and they all get assembled the way they get assembled, but it looks like it's going to be a significant reduction. There's not much bezel there to begin with now. So right, That's right. But when you see that the phone is going from 5.1 inches to 5.3 inches or whatever it is, that the thing... That's where most of that's coming from. It's not that the phone's going to be significantly larger, the actual body of the phone. It's that the screen's going to get larger by squishing the bezels, you know, even smaller. Right. If that happens this year, that could be the 16, it could be the 15. I mean, we we don't know. But yeah, what Jason says, like those increments, first of all, you're never going to notice it. Like 6.1 to 6.2, you're not going to see that. (laughs) It's going to be relatively the same size. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so the screen's going to be basically the same, the, the physical phone. It's just they take away a little bit all the way around, which makes it a, you know, a tenth of an inch bigger, you know, diagonally. But the body, the phone body will be roughly the same size. I'm sure it won't be exactly the same. Like, you'll need a new case. Always. You know, those things <laughs> the days of fit. The days of buying a case and having it fit two years worth of phones are over. Every, every phone's a little bit different. The camera's a little bit larger, a little bit you know, moved. In fact, we know it'll need a new case if for no other reason than the side switch is going away. Right. That's the big. Yeah, that's that's basically confirmed. Yeah. Oh, and, and also lightning to USB-C. That might or might not need a new case, but it's good. The port's going to be slightly larger down there. I would say that's probably the two things I'm most interested in. Like, uh, obviously, things are cameras will be better and, you know, the, the chip will be faster and stuff like I I've ne- haven't used a, an iPhone in years where I felt like, I wish this was faster. Like, it's never been a um, – but the mute switch, which has been with us since iPhone 1, the original iPhone always, is going away in favor of what uh, people are calling the action button. I don't know what Apple will actually end up calling it. But it's going to be a multi-function button. Presumably, when you're just sitting there staring at your home screen and you tap it, it will mute and unmute. But the idea will be – that it can be used for different things in different apps. 
like or, or or maybe developer controlled or maybe you'll go into settings and be able to change hey what do i want my action button to do do i want it to just hey just take a photo don't launch the camera app and do all this other stuff i just press this and take a photo that that kind of excites me more than anything else because i can i can imagine a million things that i would want to do with another physical button that that doesn't require launching apps and all that other stuff like god imagine if you could Imagine if in settings, you could say, when I press my action button, run this shortcut, and then you get to program or download a shortcut. Like, so many cool things. Like, there's so many, so much you could do with that. Yeah, I mean, contrary to Apple's modern design, like, buttons are good. You know, yeah. they're, they're tactical, they're functional, they're, they're, yeah. they're good things on devices. But on the other hand, it, it's, it's still less fiddly and, and, it's not it's still a reduction in sort of hardware fiddly complexity compared to a switch. And it means you don't have to have a cutout on your case to reach the switch. You can have covered over buttons the way they do volume buttons and stuff. Yeah, and the other one is USB-C. Uh people are saying like on the pros it'll be a Thunderbolt port and you can do display output and whatever, you know. I don't think there's many people who are going to use that. There's a few people who are probably really excited about that, but most people just want to maybe access storage. Most just care about charging, but lightning has kind of reached the limit of what it can handle for charging. And potentially if they can cool the battery and they have good power management, and apparently it's got all new power management circuitry because it needs to, they could have faster charging with USB-C, like maybe up to 40 watts or something like that. Yeah, there was a rumor yesterday that said – the iPhone 16 could go uh, uh, as as high as 40, and MagSafe could go up to 20. Which you know, both of those are great. You know, there are some Android phones that do 40, 50, 70, 100 watt charging. I don't think Apple is going to get into that. I think 40 watt would be plenty for them, as Jason said. Like the limitations of Lightning, we're at about 25 watts, 29 maybe on the pros, and like that's like that's it. Like it's not getting faster than that. Yeah, and you don't really even get that. Right, it's a smart, short period of time, and then it goes back down, yeah. We all know where the action button came from. That's the Apple Watch. Apple Watch Ultra. Yes, to be I was yeah. trying for a segue there. <laughs> no, no, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So there's rumors <laughs> that Apple will be releasing a second-generation Apple Watch Ultra this fall, a report by Ming-Chi Kuo. He's kind of renowned for his leaks and his reports. Yeah, he, he hasn't been like as on target lately. He's been doubling back and, and like changing his mind on stuff. But, um, you know, he's still one of the people, one of the few people that are, you know, you pay attention to when he says yeah, He something. seems to be doing more reaction to other reports than being a source lately. But anyways, he he's reporting that it, we could see and a new Apple Watch Ultras very soon. And here's something I, I, I don't really understand. He says it could feature 3D printed parts. That sounds like a cool thing, but I don't know why. Can someone explain to me why yeah. that's a good thing? I, yeah, I, I don't mean, understand it. You don't understand it, either. I, I don't know exactly what... Based on the article, it sounds like it's probably a cost-saving move for Apple where they can make these parts a little bit cheaper. They said it would be part of like the titanium frame, I guess, underneath the frame maybe. 
Um, nothing that we're going to notice, nothing that Apple's going to talk about, nothing that would be even apparent until a teardown, and maybe not even then. So it's, it was one of those things that, you know, it was interesting enough to put it into a, uh, a story or a, what does he call them? Um, these analyst notes that, that he writes, he, he, he writes them on, uh, he writes them on, on medium. So he, he's in the, he's in the supply chain world. Like that's where he gets the bulk of his information. So for those people, that's one less part, I guess that's being sourced. So it's an interesting little tidbit, but, uh, for consumers and for the device itself, well, it's pro- or it's just being sourced a different way. It's not like or a different way. Got a million yeah. uh, 3D printers 3D, 3D in, print. in their offices. <laughs> and what you think about, what we think about with 3D printers, we think about these like resin extruders that do layer after layer and, and it, they're not very precise. They make little, there's little ridges you need to like sand off and stuff like that. That's not what industrial scale sort of 3D printing is like. They actually have lasers that heat up piles of resin it's extremely extremely precise they can actually melt fuse together like metal dust and stuff like that to make metal parts in fact sometimes it's used when they can't manufacture to the precision they need via other ways via cutting away mm-hmm. solid pieces and stuff so yeah i it's not the kind of thing that any it's going to impact any user's experience with the apple watch yeah for, for i have i don't know anything about production and scale and things like that cuz to me that sounds like a more expensive and inefficient way for production but i i don't know i i i have, I have no idea what i'm talking about so it usually is it's usually used for things that are small volume um, but need to be custom made in some you know way. Like we we just need a thousand of these. We're not going to make a whole bunch. Of, we're not going to make a whole bunch of machine parts to like manufacture a thousand of these. We'll print them. You know. Um, it's, so it's it's sounds weird to me that Apple would be doing that. But maybe it's a really small. Maybe it's really small parts that where it's just easier that way in some way. Yeah, that's how he kind of made it seem, and it also could be that maybe he's wrong. You know, he's right. getting wrong on some things. It could be like a yeah, misinterpretation so. of information that he's gotten. Yeah, yeah. True. Uh, we haven't heard about any new features of the of the Ultra, have we? No, no not really. In fact, we didn't think it was coming at all. Um, we assumed it would be on a on an on a Apple Watch SE style cadence, which would be every other year, because. You know, it just came out. It's a, it's a, it's a large loaded watch. I mean, is to to come out with one of those every year. It just didn't seem like Apple needed to do that. Quite frankly, Jason's written this before. I don't even know if we need an Apple Watch every year anymore because it does so much, and the uh, the annual upgrades are so incremental that they could probably do that on a two year cadence and be perfectly fine. But the uh, um, the fact that there will be an Apple Watch two, Apple Watch Ultra two, this year is somewhat newsworthy in itself. And yeah, we haven't really heard anything about new features at all. I kind of wonder if, you know, the last couple of Apple Watch, you know, what they call SIPs, system and package, but the, the, the processors and GPUs and stuff have been relatively the same. There's only been some kind of sensor changes. They've been more or less identical. So maybe the idea is it's finally getting an upgrade. 
And then you kind of have to upgrade the Ultra because it's weird. How weird is it to sell the Ultra with last right, year's processor when chip. this year's yeah, processor is better? Sure. You know? Yep. If this year's processor was once again just getting a new label slapped on it and it's the same, then, you know, they could they don't need a new Ultra really, but. Since the S6, I mean, teardowns and testing, like we, we can't really benchmark the Apple Watch chip. But from what people who do, they tear it apart. They look at it's. It's really, literally, this exact same trip, dual core, sixty-four bit um, processor for the last three generations, labeled seven and eight, but functionally the same. Yeah. It's, so it's yeah, not, the, it's not their new CPU architectures in any way or anything right. like that. Uh, it doesn't have more RAM or any of these other things. Right. Like, so maybe it's maybe it's finally getting uh, an upgrade. They've been upgrading other important bits. The the accelerometers got upgrades and mm-hmm. enabled things like the crash detection and all this stuff. So, and honestly, that's most of what you care about with the Apple Watch these days. Is you know is it do, it doesn't need to be faster. <laughs> if anything, I would want a new processor to be the same performance as the current ones, just more energy efficient, just whatever they can do to make it last longer. Cause that's the main thing. Yeah. Apple watch hasn't increased in battery life at all. It's been 18 hours in the first one and it's 18 hours now. I mean, you, we, you can get more by turning on modes and turning off modes and right. power mode yep. and whatever else. But as far as Apple's ratings go, it's been 18 hours for every single model since yeah. the first one. And Apple Watch Ultra gets more by being big and having a by big old battery bigger. in it. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So we'll probably see those in an early fall event. Then there's rumors of a later fall event where we could see new Macs. And we could see the debut of the M3, which I guess is kind of surprising because we heard reports earlier this year that it might be delayed. Uh, because of production issues, but uh, either Apple work Apple and TSMC, the company that manufactures the chips for Apple, either they worked out those issues or those reports were uh, not accurate. One or the other, we'll never know. Or or they'll only launch it in the 13 inch MacBook Pro that nobody. Can <laughs> <laughs> so they don't have to actually right, make any so of them. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I wonder about that at M3 because if we see it this year, it makes me think it's not going to be a three nanometer chip because they just don't have the oh. capacity. They're going to they're using it all for iPhone at this point, so maybe it's another five nanometer chip, and it's going to be really disappointing. Maybe we don't know. So we do know with I would say ninety nine point nine eight percent certainty <laughs> that the, that the A seventeen chip is going to be three nanometers. But we don't know for sure that the three, that the M3 will be. We're just assuming based on Apple's chip cadence. But we don't. I guess we don't. We don't really know that. Yeah, that that would be a major disappointment if the M3 is another five nanometer with like fifteen percent speed boost or twenty percent speed boost the, and nothing. The else. real, yeah, the real problem that Apple, because especially since like the you know that kind of sets the precedent for the rest of the M3 line going forward. I mean, it's possible that that. It's possible that the pros and maxes and stuff like that will change manufacturing process and stuff. I think they did that with the original M1, but still, it's it's not. Uh, when the M1 came out, Apple is so far ahead on like performance per watt and performance for 
like CPU performance and everything for at that power draw, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody was floored and it sort of caught Intel and AMD on their heels. We're not in that world anymore. Like Intel and AMD have caught up a lot. <laughs> like, in fact, like in, in, in a lot of tests, they're ahead. Uh, now they're using more power. It's they're fitting into the same size laptops as a MacBook Air, but they're not fanless and they the battery life doesn't last as long. But they've caught up and passed Apple in a lot of ways. So Apple can't just be like, well, here's your chip and it's 10% faster and does the same things. You know, they they really need a, another the next big step. Especially if this is gonna this is what we're gonna have for the next year, year and a half. The M2 the original M2 launched last summer. So this would be if it if we got one this October, it'd be the next year and a half. And yeah, if we're if we're another year and a half where that's just gonna give Intel and AMD and all those guys an, a year and a half to pass them further. And uh not it's not that you make that choice, it's not that consumers make a choice based on that. Because if you want a Mac, you want a Mac because it runs Mac stuff and it works with your Apple stuff and it runs Mac OS and it's, you know, but still it's a little disappointing two years after or three years after they shocked the world basically with, with this amazing performance and efficiency that they're kind of starting the race in second place and just running further the distance. So they, they need a big step. So this is based on a report by Mark Gurman at Bloomberg, and he's he's been pretty good about his his leaks and his reports. Uh, he tends to be pretty reliable. He says that it, we could see this M3 in a new iMac, which the current iMac is like what over two years old now, so that's due. Yeah, and then a new 13-inch MacBook Air, and then the new, as Mike pointed out, a 13-inch MacBook Pro. 13-inch MacBook Pro seems like an odd machine to keep. <laughs> it was an odd machine a year ago when they did the same thing. Yeah, why like even? Why is they even it's keeping that around? Because it, and it's with a 15-inch Air, it makes even less sense. They're yeah. literally the same price. Do they have like a warehouse full of touch bars or something? Just totally just need to get rid of. I can't imagine they sold more than 200 M2 13-inch MacBook Pros. <laughs> 200? <laughs> 200. There must yeah. be some research that shows that that particular laptop pushes people to that $1,900 entry level. That's a massive – I mean, it's it's eight, It's like $700 more. Well, that's it is $700, but, that, but that's a 256 <laughs> model. So if you get the 512 model with mm-hmm. the 512 gigabyte SSD, that's $1,599, I think. So then – yeah, you get more storage too with that seminar. It's still so. big price jumps, but there must be some study at Apple that shows that that helps people push people to that. It's got the word pro on it, and everybody thinks, I'm going to get this. You'd be almost everybody'd be happier with a MacBook Air than the 13 inch Pro. If you're not going to get that 14 inch pro, don't get the pro. It doesn't have all, it doesn't have the new display and the HDR and the yada. It's just, just none of the good stuff. Just don't get it. There's nothing about the 13 inch pro that's pro. The touch bar. It's got the, the touch bar and a fan. 
that's honestly what Apple says is when when they, they they it's for the people who need sustained peak performance or something like that. It's like I do I I lose five percent performance on a really really long render by not having a fan or whatever. It, it's you just just get the air. Like they were when when it first came out. I don't remember if it was us, but there was articles where people really tried to push it, and they're like, "I can't even get the fan to come on." <laughs> so it's like you're talking about real hardcore computing, and at that level, you, you want to be a better computer. If you're doing that much work, that intense work for that long of a time, yeah. just get the 14 or 16 inch Pro, the actual Pro. I think what I think what happens is the people who aren't really in the know yeah. see Pro. And assume it's a better system. It's pro. It has a higher price. It's got to be better, and they buy the better one. And they're buying a computer with a worse yeah. display and bigger bezels. And and you can yeah, look at it you know. in the Apple Store right next to the Air. It's like, well, wait a minute. Why does this one look like this and this one look like this? You don't have <laughs> yeah. to be a, a, a aficionado. There are. I'm sure there's a handful of people who just they gotta have that touch bar. There, there are still the people who just I do miss love it a little bit sometimes. I'll, I'll admit, not enough to buy that. But if the air had it, I would get one. <laughs> I not in instead of the full size function bro. I like I like sliding for brightness and all that stuff. I like the um when they had the the uh, uh email fill ins when you clicked. Uh, I do like in. that. Like it I was do good like stuff. I like autofill. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> and sometimes it offers spelling correction right, uh, right. suggestions. So I do like that. I I would never look. I I would the like. Uh, to look down at the touch bar for like spelling corrections and stuff, I would never do that. Like, if I ever noticed it, I'd be like, "Oh, that's neat," but it's I've already done my right. Thing it's on the it's screen. On this, it's I'm I, I don't the notice it a lot, but sometimes I'll wheel notice it and go, "Oh, that's kind of nice." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I the full size function row is much worth yeah. a lot more to me, and just having the bigger touch ID button and yeah. all that stuff, you know. So then there was also rumored that it could appear on the 13-inch MacBook Air. German did not report that the 15-inch MacBook Air would get upgraded. So that would mean the 13-inch MacBook Air would have an M3 and a 15-inch MacBook Air would have an M2. That makes no sense. They have yeah, to do I it. I can't imagine that. Like, what would be the point of that? German didn't mention it, but that, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. He just didn't mention it. It, it's just that's just a, that would be a really strange decision to have the fifty the newer MacBook Air be more expensive with an older processor and then the thirteen inch model as a newer pro, like it's just like just they have to do it at the same time. Uh, there's been this trend lately with Apple and and we've talked about this a little bit before where you know in the years after Steve Jobs left they they made a whole bunch of products they tried to have a product to fit every price point and product thing. And then when Steve Jobs came back, he was like, and he upset people who had worked on a lot of these things. It's fine. But like the, his simple, like, we need a four quadrant thing, like, you know, small, big, pro regular. Obviously, that doesn't always make sense with all these different products they have now, like AirPods and, you know, HomePods and all these other things. But I do feel like there is this thing where Apple is getting to have almost too many different products again without a coherent update strategy. Like there's no nothing in my mind that makes sense that why the iMac, the tw new 24-inch iMac is running around with an M1. Like when the M2 was available, why did not 
everything that had the regular M1 get the M2. Like that's the sort of coherent upgrade strategy I expect. And the only we didn't possible get that. explanation is that it's they sell so few IMAX that they just it's it's just not cost effective to change it. I guess, but I agree. It's it's so strange. The I can't imagine having a three year old processor yeah, right, helps them right, sell more. Right. Like <laughs> so, and and it should have been it should be a design consideration from the beginning when they're designing these things that like oh hey we need to have as close to a drop-in processor upgrade as possible, as as close as possible to being able to, from their manufacturing standpoint, to have like their their whole sort of main board and RAM and, you know, the main system board to be, have the same connection points and all that other stuff that they, when they make the new one, it can easily be put up, you know, at least for the next five years or so until there's some major huge change they need to make. And, and it's they're just not going that way, and we're we're seeing some weird stuff going on with that. As much as I complain about the Apple Watch getting really insignificant upgrades every year, it's clear they made it so that they can do yearly upgrades <laughs> without changing the whole watch. There, there's know? nothing wrong with having a product on an annual cadence, and like no one's going to be like, well, I. I'm upset that I'm spending the same amount of money on a newer watch. Like it's just not built for upgrades, which is fine. It doesn't, and not every product needs to be upgraded every year that you own. Max are, and that's for sure. So, and yeah, I totally agree with you. The same, you, you can you can look at the AirPods too. Like AirPods Pro have all these new features that the AirPods Max, which cost three times as much, twice as much, don't have because Apple didn't upgrade those with the. H2 chip and the adaptive transparency and all these other things. So, listen, they're a three trillion dollar company, and they obviously know more than 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 we do. But it, it does seem from a distance like it's just, these are like simple things to fix. Maybe they just still have a, ju- a warehouse full of them, but like there's they're supposed to be able to manage their their stock better to where they don't need to still sell second gen AirPods. They really don't, and and nobody should really be buying them. I know they're cheap, but they're really not great. And the third gen AirPods are better, and that's what you want. And why are they still selling? Yeah, I mean, in that gen? case, it's just I guess to have a cheaper model. But they're, but but they're still only a hundred. There's hundred twenty nine dollars. It's not like they're ninety nine bucks. You can get them for ninety nine bucks on Amazon, but Apple yeah. sells them for one twenty nine, which isn't like that's not worth it. And it's not it's not always that you know clear to consumers. You know, we we live and breathe this stuff. We write about it, read about it. Most people don't. They say, "All right, I have, I want to spend 150 bucks. I'll just get these." And then they take them home, and two months later, like, uh, you know, like I'm, I should have gotten those. And that's not the experience Apple's looking, you know, looking right. to sell. Or they thought they did. They they the oh the, they they saw somebody else's thing, or they used them. Oh, those are AirPods. They went and got AirPods. They got the wrong AirPods. They didn't realize there are three different kinds of AirPods to get. And finally, um, Mark Gurman reported that Apple is working on a new iPad Air. He was unclear about when it could ship. It most likely will ship in 2024. I guess there's an off chance it could ship later this year. I don't quite understand because it, for all intents and purposes, it's the same model with an M2 or an M3. And that's it. 
Like, what else is changing? I don't think anything else is changing. There's not much else that, and maybe Wi-Fi 6E. Okay, great. But that's it. I, I, it's gotta be, uh, and it'd have to be an M2. I can't imagine, it would be really weird if the Air gets an M3 before the Pros do. Yeah, and it's all of a sudden the fastest iPad you can buy. <laughs> like, I mean, it won't have all the other pro stuff, the HDR display, ProMotion, and yada, but but still, that would be a weird product segmentation thing. So The Air came out, like, what, 2022? So it's over a year yeah, last, old Yeah, last March. March, I want to say the 10th or the 8th or the 12th or something. Some Sometime in early March, it was part of the um, – Oh crap! I forgot peak performance event with the with the Mac Studio it was it was part of that. It's been out for about about a year and a half, a little less. Apple has never given us, with the exception of the first iPad, which was an annual thing. Once they started doing Airs and Minis, like just throw a dart at the ball at the wall because we don't know when the next one's coming out. It, when it comes to regular, the regular base model iPad. Still gets a year, an update every and year, and maybe it won't now because now there's a tenth gen and a ninth gen is still sold. So we don't even know what's going on with that now. But yes, Jason's right. It, it was on an annual cadence for ten years, and now we don't know. And all it, half the time, all I got was a new processor. The, it's like this is this is the two year old processor. It just gets updated to the new two year old processor and just goes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it iPads can any iPad can happen at any moment. <laughs> it feels like yeah, like tomorrow we could wake up and the website could be updated with the new iPad. Air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I just wish I wish Apple would do something over the summer. There's like a period of three <laughs> and a half months, and we're like, all right, what are we writing about today? Like, come on, Apple, give us like a like a early July event. <laughs> give us something, or 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 late July. Yeah. You figure June is WWDC, like, yeah, like right about now, July, July yeah. twenty sixth. Give me an, give, give us like a, an event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just something just small, just something, and it could be focused. It could be focused on all the back there to school go. stuff and everything. It could be that could be yeah, their education perfect. event, right? Like they sometimes do an education event in the spring, and I'm like, why are you doing this now? Like, do it, have it just before back to school stuff, and then that's where you could talk. It could be focused around the base model iPad and you know all the the MacBook Air. That that could be when you do all the stuff that the students buy or and students and kids and schools, right? A new pencil, you know, whatever. That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 849. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com. Or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.